a sister Greek of ours, she's a Delta. Um, she has a line called ATLian, and she has a sweatshirt that says, don't sell your grandma house. That means you can't give away grandma's legacy. We have property in Savannah, Georgia. It was grandma's house, yes. but now it's grandchildren's house. Don't sell. Now, the neighborhood has changed because no, there are no more grandmas in the neighborhood. The grandmas that planted the flowers, the grandmas that came outside of their house and swept their porch yes. and their sidewalks every day. Grandma worked hard for that house. So grandma's house has a legacy. And we as a people, the people of grandma, need to be sure that we maintain that legacy and keep the neighborhoods. They're different communities now. And so we really need grandma to come back in spirit to help us maintain and own our communities. Because I will tell you, grandma was at the PTA. Yes. Grandma sent the teacher notes as opposed to the teacher sending grandma notes. Yeah. We gotta be grandma. Tell them folks, it's bad time. Lights out. We in Cheers, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Cool Sword Podcast. I am your host, Rashawn Ali. And you know, this is the opportunity where we get to hear the stories of amazing women in black Greek letter organizations. And today, God, I am so very honored to have a woman here who I have known uh, since before I became a member of our sorority, Charletta Wilson-Jacks. Welcome to the Cool Sword Podcast. How are you? Good morning. Thank you so much, yes. Rashawn. Yes. yes. So and proud of you. I'm so happy that you are here. And as you can tell, she is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. But there's so much more to you than just that. And one of the most important things in your life is being a, a, a glam mama to your baby. Yes. Tell us about your, your grandbaby. <laughs> so my grandbaby <laughs> is just my heart. Her yes. name is Parker Lee Jackson. Come She's on, named Lee after her great, both of her great grandmothers. Yes. And so Parker says that Mimi, you know, I'm also a member of the sorority. And I said, yes, you are. But you're a special kind and you can't tell anybody about it right now. Yes. So just keep that fire in your heart. And when it's your time, baby, it's your time. It's your time. It's your time. Absolutely. Well, we love Parker. And I love how you just love on that baby. Yeah. She's with you everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. And, and I get the opportunity to pour into her, mm -hmm. to take her places. So much so until her first cousin said, Mimi, and I'm not her grandmother, mm -hmm. but she called me Mimi. Can I join you and Parker on your excursions? Because Parker says you go a lot of places. Yes. And I said, yes, we do. And you can certainly join us because I want to pour into you too. Yes. If Parker wants you here, I want you But here. did she say excursions? Yeah, yeah. She said excursions because Parker says excursions. Oh, did you teach her excursions? No, Parker's vocabulary comes from I don't know where. <laughs> I don't know where. It's yes. just like she says when she comes over to the house, she says, Mimi... Poppy's down there watching that gray TV. And I had to think about that. So when I went downstairs to see what my husband was doing, it was Bonanza. It was Rifleman. Oh my it was gosh. all the good shoot 'em up shows. Yes. But she saw it as not black and white. Right. It was gray. gray. <laughs> I said, girl, you need to sit down here and watch him with Poppy as well. Yeah. Because then we got to go back to work. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, you have been working so hard for the city of Atlanta, formerly the deputy director of government affairs for Keisha Lance Bottoms, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. When people hear that title, what does that entail? 
Well, I say it's a lot. It's not just one thing. And my major task was to be sure that her legislative priority agenda got across the finish line. Okay. So that meant communicating, collaborating, compromising, or either just standing your ground to be sure that whatever was proposed for the citizens of Atlanta got across the finish line. And what does that mean? That means getting approval for the from the Atlanta City Council. Mm -hmm. And as I look back over my life, as the old folks used to say, my grandma used to say, that was one of the highlights of my life because it actually was a 360 degree moment for me. All of the skills that I have learned my entire life, all of the preparation from starting on my first job at the age of 22, Mm -hmm. all of it came full circle in that moment. Yeah. And I would say um, at this moment that sometimes it may not have been the sausage that she wanted, but the sausage got made. So Mm. it may not have been beef sausage that she ordered. Yeah. At the end of the day, it may have been chicken apple. Right. But guess what? It was sausage. It was. And it was for the city of Atlanta. Yes. And how in that position were you able to continue to encourage her? Because obviously, uh, you, you know, she went through so much during her term. Um, How were you able to, as a sister friend and as a sister Greek, to encourage her throughout that process? I'm glad you asked that question because I will never forget the day that she called me and said, hey, are you in the building? And what she doesn't know, I wasn't in the building. I was in the parking lot of taking my dress to get altered. Mm -hmm. So I said, no, but I'll be back in 15 minutes so I can talk to you. But she and I had established a relationship when she was a council member. And I was deputy. No, I wasn't deputy. I was director of planning at that time. So when she called me in her office, we talked. And she said, I need you to come help me. Because I knew that she was very passionate about Atlanta, I said to her, I will do whatever needs to be done. Mm -hmm. However, know that I am not the sister, the sister girl. I'm not a yes girl. Mm. I'm going to tell you what you need to know. Wow. What you want to hear will probably not come out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. It's what you need to know in order to execute. And I will tell you that I never really understood if she got that message because, you know, she was good. She she was for the people. And sometimes, you know, you take things on your shoulder and you go, mm, you're getting your feelings. But I will tell you that the council held a proclamation ceremony for me on February 1st. And she came to that ceremony. Hmm. And she said, I only came because of you. Wow. And she said, you are one of five people in this building that I knew would tell me what I needed to know. Wow in order to move forward. Wow. So four years later, one of five, and that she could count on her hand. Yeah. Because it's hard to find that that sincere truth Mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. But you've been doing great things for the city of Atlanta, even dating back to the Olympics in in 1996. Can you talk about what, what has given you this drive for the love of community that you have? Did that come from childhood? Well, you know, I remember one of my vivid memories. I have two older brothers, and I just remember them crying. I didn't know what was going on when the Martin Luther King was assassinated, or it may have been John Kennedy. And I just remember all of the commotion in the house with my grandmother and with my mother. And the people were so passionate about it. I just remember the stories. And then if I go to church, 
Then I see people really being engaged in the church. And I'm the granddaughter of an AME preacher, so I was always in church (laughs) from Sunday school to YPD. So that meant that I had to really become engaged in whatever organization I was a part of because it was expected of me to be that kind of person. And I always felt that somehow we never got our voice heard in the community. Savannah has grown up and the community has had to fight for a voice at the table. And even when um, the school segregated and we started going to other schools, we had to fight for our voice at the school. So I think it's just making sure that whatever table you're sitting at, that your voice is heard and that you're able to, you know, express your voice. And here in the city, you know, so many things happened. And I always say when the bulldozers come, it's too late. Yeah. That means that decisions have already been made. Yeah. And you can't stop the decisions, even if you tie yourself to a tree. The tree will come down. Yeah. So how do you make sure that our people, our communities know what's going on? The first thing is education. Mm-hmm. Your, your parents always told you nobody can take away your education. Nobody. So I have a passion for educating communities. It may not be the decision that you want, but guess what? You participated yeah. in that decision. And a lot of people don't even know that they can have a voice because there are meetings that are set up yes. for you to voice your opinion about what is changing in your neighborhood. Does the communication, it, it, does it stop there? People aren't aware. They're not getting what, what do you think is the breakdown when our community doesn't know what's going on? Because we don't engage. First of all, we work nine to five. So a lot of the meetings are held during the day. Mm. And then we don't know how to interact with City Hall. But I'm finding that the more progressive council that is now in place, they're educating the communities. They're making sure. And if you watch the elections the last time, you saw a swift change of the elected officials. Yes. That's because you see progression being, you know, put forth. They're they're concerned about their communities. But you also have a have to have an interest in owning your neighborhood. So if you're waiting for somebody to bring it to you, then you're losing out. Mm-hmm. For instance, I like to say that I am the Gladys Kravitz, and I know I'm dating myself, <laughs> but okay. if you watch Bewitch, you know that there was this nosy neighbor. And she reported everybody. And so my husband will tell you that I'm on the phone reporting someone. If you left your trash out, you oh, know, you're that, that neighbor. I'm that neighbor. Oh, yes. Because it brings down your biggest investment. Yes. Your house. Yes. So I'm that neighbor that's going to call and say, hey, you didn't pick up my trash. Or, hey, you didn't pick up their trash. Or, hey, they left their trash can out there. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, hey, there are 15 cars in front of that house. Are all those people living there? Own your community. Yes. You know, there's a there's a, a sister Greek of ours. She's a Delta. Um, she has a line called ATLian and she has a sweatshirt that says, don't say your grandma house. And I believe that like when our when our when our, you know, our grandparents, you know, they go on to glory that how important is it to keep those homes in the community? Because a lot of times we think about the dollar, but not the history. So mm-hmm. when you, if you see a shirt like that, what would come to mind for you? So if, if, if it was grandma's house and grandma left it to you, it's your house. That means you can't give away grandma's legacy. Grandma took care of you. Take care of what grandma left you. And what needs to happen is that they should not sell. We have property in Savannah, Georgia. It was grandma's house, yes. but now it's grandchildren's house, 
children's house and eventually it will be Parker's house. Mm -hmm. So guess what? Don't sell. Now, the neighborhood has changed because no, there are no more grandmas in the neighborhood. The grandmas that planted the flowers, the grandmas that came outside of their house and swept their porch yeah. and their sidewalks every day. The grandmas that said, mine, don't pick up the pecans off of my sidewalk because they came from my pecan tree. Mm. Those kind of grandmas. So we have to take on the grandma mentality and understand that those houses that we inherited, grandma worked hard for that house. At a time when grandma probably didn't have the money that we are making today. Yeah. So grandma's house has a legacy and we as a people, the people of grandma, need to be sure that we maintain that legacy and keep the neighborhood. Be the grandma that when you see the kids acting up, be that grandma mm -hmm. that tells the kids the importance of ownership yes. of the neighborhood. Yes. They're different communities now. Yes. And so we really need grandma to come back in spirit to help us maintain and own our communities. Yeah. Because I will tell you, grandma was at the PTA. Yes, she was at the PTA. And the she, community meetings. And the community meetings. Grandma talked to the teacher. Grandma sent the teacher notes as opposed to the teacher sending grandma notes. Yeah. We got to be grandma. When, did we, when do you think we lost a sense of that community? Hmm, that's interesting. I think one of the things is we started moving into non-traditional areas of employment that really took a lot of our time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, grandmas are not home. The new grandmas are not stay at home. They work because they have to maintain a living. Yeah. Grandmas are younger. You know, my grandmother was old, but I consider, my, <laughs> I'm a young grandmother. Yeah, I are. consider myself Listen, a grand, you I was a young mother. Yeah. Um, so I think when we started understanding that we had to earn a living, that we wanted to do more things, that we couldn't just stay at home and think that the bacon and the um, chicken sausage was going to be brought home to us. Grandmas have to work. Grandma used to say, mama may have, mm -hmm. daddy may have, mm -hmm. but God bless the child. That what? It's got its own. It's got its own. So we have realized that we got to get our own. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been able to, to really clearly navigate getting your own leadership and, and, and AKA and, and leadership just across the board, especially mm -hmm. here in, in Atlanta. Where does your sense of leadership come from? Where does that come from? Well, I always look back to kindergarten. I'm okay, kindergarten. kindergarten. Okay. And at the kindergarten graduation, I was the little red hen. And I don't know if you remember this story, but the little red hen wanted to bake a cake. Mm -hmm. And so she said, who's going to go with me to the grocery store? I'm going to put Charlotta's spin on it. And all the other farm animals just were sitting around and didn't say anything. So, you know, little red hen went by herself. And then who's going to help me once I bring back the ingredients, put them up? Mm -hmm. Everybody else was doing their own thing. So who's going to help me bake this cake? Nobody else did anything. But who's going to help me eat it? I will. I will. So I think it's that little red hen mentality where I want some cake. And if you aren't going to help me buy the ingredients, bake it, put the groceries up, I want the cake. I got to bake the cake. And guess what? I'm going to eat the cake anime because <laughs> I spent that time doing it. So yeah. I think it's that sense of wanting to get it done. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I have learned along my journey is that sometimes you can't do it all by yourself. Yeah. So you have to empower people. 
to feel that they can be a part of the process because everybody wants to be able to toot their horn at the end of the day. And I tell not only my sororers, but the people at City Hall that I work with, he or she who does not toot their own horn, their own horn will not, may not get tooted. Wow. Own your voice. Own your... And so I think in society, we have been taught, at least like at a certain part of our lives, that we can't, we can't toot our own horns because that's going to be, you're going to look like you're, you, you're narcissistic or you're going to look like you have ego. So why have you taken on that mentality that say, saying, yeah, I have to toot my own horn because if not me, then who? That's right. You yeah. have to do it. And by you tooting your own horn, you're helping somebody else. You are empowering somebody who may not feel that they can share their story with the world because everybody's story is somebody else's story mm-hmm. as well. So we can all learn from each other. There's something in your story that has helped me and certainly in my story yes. that has helped you. Yes. And so it doesn't have to be the same age, it doesn't have to be the same sex, or it doesn't have to be the same race. It's something in a person's story that's going to drive you to the next level. Mm-hmm. Because we're all here on this earth to help each other. Yeah. And, and that's why I love my sorority, because it's about helping each other. And certainly I've had people along the way to say, you know, do this or don't do this. Yeah. And my mother is key. My mother is a member of the sorority. And in fact, let me just toot this horn. Come on, toot. And about three weeks my mother will be able to welcome in her second great granddaughter wow. into the sorority. So we have four generations wow. of women who are committed to serving mankind. Yes. And these women have been raised to toot their own horn mm-hmm. because my mother and my grandmother said, tell the story. It's like the Bible, uh, the book of Habakkuk, chapter two, verses second through third. It says, write the vision. And make it. Make it plain so that those who see you running can read it. The vision was written. All we got to do is read it and run with it. Have you did you set a vision for your life early on or did it evolve over time? Um, I did set a vision. I wanted to go to law school and I was always involved in talking with people in government. And I'll tell the story in sixth grade at Sarah Mills Hodge Elementary School in Savannah, Georgia. I ran for the student government president. And I won by passing out little five-cent packets of Kool-Aid. Come on, Kool-Aid. Yeah, uh-huh, the Kool-Aid. Would you put the sugar in the uh-huh, bag? lots of sugar, Ooh, insulin, yes. yes, red and gray. Come on. And by, back then, everybody right. wanted the Kool-Aid with the jug that had the faces and on it. Look, and you only said the color. You didn't say fruit punch Mm-mm. and gray. You said red and purple. Red and purple. Right, red and gray. Red right, and right, right. And, um, and so it was... We wanted to have a trophy case because we won all of these trophies. And we wanted to have a maypole, you know, where you walk around and you wrap the maypole. And so my theme was, you know, have you heard the latest? Purple is the greatest. Have you heard the news? Purple can't lose ownership. Yes. Ooh, ah, hachika. And my friends, <laughs> we are now all grandmothers. Right. When we go out to lunch, the, the theme is Hachika. Hachika. To this day. To this day. Wow. 
So it comes from wanting to be a part of whatever's going on that's going to be for the people. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. And so from, from kindergarten, from elementary school, even now as a grown woman spending that time in City Hall, even now spending that time in the sorority, you know, I tell people it's not about the stage. It's about the service. Yes. Yes. It's not about the stage. It's about the members who are part of an organization mm-hmm. are the citizens who reside in the city. Yes. Because if it were not for the citizens, it would be no Atlanta. Mm-hmm. If it were not for the members of a sorority, there would not be any sorority. Yes. Yes. What do you think about the state of Atlanta? Now we have a new mayor, Mayor Andre Dickens, and lots of things have, you know, uh, are, are progressing and, and moving forward. Um, I know Mayor Bottoms, she definitely said, hey, this is our guy. What do you think about our great city and and where we're going from here? Well, I think we have lots of potential. And I ask uh, the citizens, don't give up on Atlanta. Yes, we have crime. Yes, we have uh, housing affordability issues. But we will have those issues like many other cities. But we have to get involved. If we stay away, we will never solve the problem. In terms of the crime, everybody has a place to play in that. When it was going on, the riots, and we were dealing with that, defund the police. This is what I said to one council member. See, in certain parts of town, we know they're coming to rob. Mm -hmm. But you don't have that expectation. So mm-hmm. if you want to defund the police, who are you going to call? Because Ghostbusters ain't coming to help you. <laughs> right, right. So you need to understand that there's a need for law enforcement in any community. Yeah. That's where we are. Yeah. And I believe that the current mayor, Andre Dickens, who I worked with for eight years, he has the tenacity and he has the vision. And here's the important thing that he has. He has the ability to bring in people. So when you say, when you hear him say he draws circles, yes, that means he's bringing in people. He's bringing in people to the table. Yeah. Now, I will say I draw circles and lines because I need to put the line to the people in order to go to them, to bring them in, to walk the line. Yes. But Atlanta has great potential. We will deal with this crime. We will certainly find new avenues to bring in affordable housing because I always say, Affordable housing translates directly to voting power. Mm. So if you move out the legacy residents, you move out the voting power. So we have to do that in order to maintain the legacy of Atlanta. We have a lot of potential and we will continue to rise. Yes, yes. Out of all the things that you've been able to accomplish, the Atlanta University Center Olympic Games venues at Morris Brown, Clark Atlanta University football field, Morehouse College basketball arena, Pont City Market, redevelopment of Turner Field, redevelopment of the Gulch and the Atlanta Beltline. What's been your greatest accomplishment from all that you've done in the city? When you walk by, like, oh, I did it, I did it, I did it. What makes you smile the, the, the most? What brings I you think, the greatest joy? Yes, I'm smiling because it was the hardest one. It was the redevelopment of the 40-acre underutilized area called the Gulch. It's in downtown Atlanta, and we have yet to see the benefits of it. You see Centennial Yards coming mm-hmm. up. People mm-hmm. park. In fact, my husband says, you guys took away my tailgating space. <laughs> oh, well, you know, you will see 12 to 15 blocks of a new city come forth. Wow. But let me tell you why it's the, the most important to me. Because out of that deal, Mayor Bottoms and her senior team, and I'm so glad to have been a part of that, we were able to negotiate a 28 
million dollar trust fund of community benefits. So you will see some housing affordability programs. You will see other money spread out in terms of helping small businesses, because it's not all about large businesses. We need the small business people to really make it go. And you will see some monies going to the um, Atlanta Technical College and Atlanta Memorial College to bring in those students who might not be interested in uh, the traditional forms of employment, but some technical education. That for me, was the most important thing. Because not only did we give away financial incentives to the developer, we were able to get something back for the people of Atlanta. Yes, and that's what's most important. Yes, and and particularly those people who have been traditionally disenfranchised. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about south of I-20. That's where we're going to see most of the impact. Yeah. So after a 20-year career, I I can walk away at the top of my game and say, you know, I serve the people. Yeah. And I served the people well. It wasn't about the stage. You know, it wasn't about even, you know, I'm proud that I received the highest award, the Phoenix Award Mm -hmm. from Mayor Dickens. But that award speaks to the fact that I made a commitment when I walked in City Hall to just row the boat a little bit better while I was on the boat. Yeah. And that's what's important. That's what's important. To roll the boat a little bit better while I was on the boat. Mm -hmm. And that's reaching back and that's making sure you're doing all Mm -hmm. the important work. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about the stage. It's not about the stage. And to impact and to leave a legacy. I was the first female African-American to be named zoning administrator. Mm-hmm. And so when I left, I, when I left to go to the mayor's office, I made sure that I wasn't the last one. Yeah. And so there is an African-American female in that position. Wow. now. I spoke to her yesterday and she's getting ready to fill that position because she's been promoted to director. And I said to her. You got a responsibility. You got a responsibility. And that's how we continue to yes. move the needle yes. forward. I was just looking on Instagram and I saw Katanji Brown's, one of Katanji Brown's friends introducing her. And I was like, this is sisterhood. This is how a woman is supposed to speak about her fellow sister. Yes. That was so beautiful. So I imagine because you held this role and then you were able to help someone else and then the legacy continues. It has to. That's what we have to do. We have to do that as black women. We have to. We cannot try to rise and then take our hand away when somebody else is trying to follow us. Yes. We have to lift them up. Yes. And I was so proud of her yesterday. She responded to that Senate with grace mm-hmm. and such poise. And I just could feel just what was she feeling when she knew that someone was doubting her qualifications. Yes. But she had her parents standing over there to the side. So proud. Yeah. So we have to lean on our parents' proud pride and them saying, I raised you for this moment. And that girlfriend was there because that girlfriend has been with her the entire, entire time. time. The entire time. And that was a beautiful moment. Another beautiful moment is when you became a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha, Sorority Incorporated at Savannah State University. And obviously, when I asked this question, now I think I might know your answer. Did Alpha Kappa Alpha choose you or did you choose Alpha Kappa Alpha? Um, I think I chose Alpha Kappa Alpha. And I will tell you why. My aunt started the legacy. And my aunt and another mentor in Savannah took me to my first boule, which is our biennial conference in Denver, Colorado. Mm. And I was an elementary school, maybe middle school student. And I had to go to the public meeting because, of course, you can't go to anything Anything else. else, Right. And I saw all of these women 
They spoke so well. They were dressed so nice. You know, they had the little purses that I wish I had now and the little (laughs) gloves. And they were on the stage. And I told my aunt, I said, oh, auntie, when I grow up, I'm going to be one of them. And then as the meeting started going on at the end of the meeting, I said, auntie, not only am I going to be an AKA, I'm going to sit on that stage one day. Yeah. And my aunt lived long enough to see me sit on that stage. Ooh. So I say that I chose it, but I chose it because I saw it in my family. Yes. And it's interesting that you asked that because now my Parker, <laughs> she's chosen it. Yes. You know, without her even realizing what it means, she's chosen it because she has seen me. Mm-hmm. She has seen her dear, which is what she calls my mother. And she has seen my nieces. Mm-hmm. So sometimes things just, you know, come to you. But sometimes you see it and you go after it. Yes. And that's what you did. I went after it. Yes. And, and I went after it as a freshman. You were a freshman. I was a freshman. And I <laughs> I tell people how. I knew I was going to be what. <laughs> so it that's wasn't unheard of now. You that's really, unheard of. Yeah, yes. not as a freshman. Yeah, as yeah. a freshman. Mm-hmm. And then three months after being initiated, I transferred to Howard University. And I, you know, and I would have, wherever I landed, I think I would have chosen Alpha Kappa Alpha. I didn't want to stay home. My mother said, oh, you got to stay home and get acclimated to college. I'm like, well, I'm an A-plus student. But years later, I found out it was the cost of going to Howard. That was the thing. Yeah. So she had to spend a year getting that money together. And she never told you. She never told me. But you see what our mothers do and Mm -hmm. they're going to do what they need to do. And as we do. Yes. Currently uh, to make it happen for our children. Yes. And so when I got to Howard, you know, I was a transfer soror. I was not I was already a soror. I was not a member of Alpha Chapter. And there's always some stories about that. But the beauty of that transfer was the fact that I was totally accepted by the sores. And I think that when people try to create mess, you create a message out of it. Mm. And the message is, I am who I am. That's it. And so I brought Charletta to the table. And it was Charletta that was able to be elected as an assistant membership chairman, Mm -hmm. as a transfer. And as the treasurer. And who gets a tramp, you know, that who doesn't does happen. that? That doesn't happen. Yeah. That doesn't happen. And to this day, I love my Alpha Chapter sisters. And I love my Gamma Upsilon sisters. Mm-hmm. So who has a home? What AKA can say, I have two homes in this world. Yes. I love them both. Yes. Because it's not about the stage. It's about the sisterhood. Absolutely. It's not about the stage. It's about the sisterhood. And, and I love that. And I thank you for always just being available and always being a real definition of a sore war. You have been that for me since before I was even a sore war and when I became a sore war. So I appreciate you. Are you on social media? How can people follow? You know what? Your social media. Let me tell you, her social media team is like one of the best teams I have ever seen. Every day I'm like, oh my God, Sora Charlotte looks great. She's honoring other people, giving out some good words. So mm-hmm. that's amazing. Can people follow you? So, they so can follow me. Yes. I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. And I'm on Twitter. Yes. And it's just the plain name, Charlotta Wilson-Jacks. Keep that's it simple. what it is. Keep it simple. I'm here to encourage you, mm-hmm. uplift you, and maybe share some stories about my family and what's going on. But it's putting it out there yeah. to say, you make me who I am. Absolutely. 
and you've made me who I am. <laughs> and I appreciate you for being Thank here you on so the Cool much. Source this Podcast. We were listening. We were trying to get this together for a long time. We yes. made it. Thank you. Glory be to God. Glory. Be to Glory. God. Amen. Then the church shall say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Charlotte Wilson Jacks, everybody, on the Cool Sword Podcast. <laughs>